Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Oh, feels so good heading into the weekend. Nice three-dayer coming up, baby. Yes. Yep. Gonna have a lot of fun today. Looking forward to it. Um, okay, certainly a lot of news going on. Where do you want to start, David? Uh, well, Joe Biden stopped by FEMA headquarters to talk about the Hurricane Adalia response and said his bold vision is to ask for more money to help control the weather. That's, God, that's I know. Cool. This is insanity. Yeah. Okay, should we just go Biden-free for this entire show just to stay away from this frustration? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, we could also talk about how leftists are trying to blame Ron DeSantis because he turned down some grant program for solar panels. What? It's like they're, they're, New Republic uh, is a left-wing outlet, and, they, and this story's been picked up all over the place where, you know, Ron DeSantis didn't take advantage of a uh, climate-related uh, grant funding uh, or a grant program from the federal government. And basically, uh, it comes down to he didn't sign up for a program where the state would be on the hook for millions and millions of dollars to give people, uh, you know, reduced-cost solar panels. Now, how would that have stopped Hurricane Adalia? Your guess is as good as mine, because connecting those dots, you got to be on some heavy antidepressants or hallucinogens to figure that one out. Hold on a second. I thought, and I was reading this like bipartisan, like in Florida, people say, say what you want about Ron DeSantis, but when it comes to a hurricane or it comes to, you know, when you really got to bring people together, this guy is great at that. Oh yeah. Yeah, he is. I mean, they, they were ready to go when, when the hurricane was coming in, they didn't mess around. This is one of the things where it, it seems like the honest players will recognize he's done a pretty darn good job. Uh, marshalling the resources to respond to natural disasters. Okay, but forget all that. We got to take whatever shot that we need, yeah. and that's what we're going to do. All right. And Biden wants to get more money to be able to change the weather. We're in a situation where, you know, uh, we're. Uh, uh, oh. How can I say it? In English. There's still some deniers out there, in terms of uh, whether or not. It, Climate change has anything to do with any of this. And uh, we're going to need a whole hell of a lot more money to deal with emergency appropriations to deal with all you're taking care of. I thought it was like over 1,600 experts in the field have said this. Uh, yeah. Some people are still denying this. It's going to take a lot of money. So, yeah, as I run this through the Josetta Stone, I think he's also implying that you're going to need more money because climate change is making natural disasters worse or something, which, again, is objectively not true. That's if you look at damaging storms. And, and part of that is just because of improvements in infrastructure. I mean, honestly, that's, that's really what it comes down to. It's nothing to do with the weather at all. But we all know what happens when you repeat the lie. And you have a media that will help you repeat the lie. Then people just start to believe it. How can I say it? Well, just I'm keep young. <laughs> okay. Well, there was, 
There's another clip that's making the rounds of Joe Biden. And well, Robbins was talking it, about this. It's, it's from, I guess, a few days ago or maybe a while back, but it, it's just now started catching fire. He's, it was at a uh, uh, an event with the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, as they were talking about uh, air travel and trying to make it less expensive, getting rid of junk fees and all of this. And the introduction has been raising some eyebrows now. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> do you have it, David? I do. Yeah, I'll play it for you here. Because I have something, and I don't know that it's it. Oh. And it's from you, but it's labeled something else, and I'm afraid it, that it's private communication. <laughs> mm, yeah, now it is my not. great honor to introduce the President of the United States, President Joe Biden. Thank you, Secretary Buttigieg. <laughs> yeah, it's Secretary Booty Juice. <laughs> Secretary Booty Juice, man. <laughs> that was my stage name. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that, actually. Can I hear just that little bit again, please? Yeah, Secretary Booty Juice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, here we go. And now it is my great honor to introduce the President of the United States, yes. President Joe Biden. Thank you, Secretary Booty Juice. <laughs> Once I hear booty juice, I can't unhear it. No. That's funny. <laughs> By the way, side note, when you're talking about different people that may replace Joe in this campaign, because there's a lot of talk about that going on right now, you don't hear boot edge edge very much. No, 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 no. no. I no. haven't heard him in a it, long time. It, it's one of those. They gave him a gig that they thought he could kind of handle, and who really cares in the end? I mean, I know people in East Palestine really cared, but, uh, but yeah, they just sort of gave him that gig to make him go away. Well, he also checked off a box. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he did. The, he dropped out of the race in 2020. Like so many did all at the same time to pave the way for Joe, and they owed him something. Mm -hmm. Everybody got something out of that deal mm -hmm. when he dropped out, and that was it. Because he loved trains as a kid and whatever. <laughs> he, he rode a boat once. Yeah, he did. Too. And he dug yeah. it. Okay. Um, boy, this is getting a lot of reaction. What Nikki Haley said. Oh, yeah. Your girl, Scott. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree with her. No, well, well, this has to do with the, the troubling news that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and his scary moment uh, this week, he just totally locked up mid-sentence. His doctor says he was experiencing lightheadedness due to a concussion he suffered uh, in a fall back in March. But a lot of people are looking at him, Biden, other lawmakers, and wondering, hey, why, why don't they just pass the torch to, you know, non-geriatrics at this point? Yeah. Um, Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley said this on Fox News. It's sad. No one should feel good about seeing that, you know, with any more than we should feel good about seeing Dianne Feinstein, any more than we should feel good about a lot of what's happening or seeing Joe Biden's decline. What I will say is right now, the Senate is the most privileged nursing home in the country. I mean, you know, Mitch McConnell has done some great things and he deserves credit, but you have to know when to leave. That is why I'm strongly in support of term limits in this country. I think that we do need mental competency tests for anyone over the age of seven. I, don't, I wouldn't care if they did them over the age of 50. But these are people making decisions on our national security. They're making decisions on our economy, on the border. We need to know they're at the top of their game. You, you can't say that right now looking at Congress. Of course not. The most privileged nursing. Wow. Yeah. That's a hot take, but I agree with her. Yeah, I talked to a lady earlier today 
who is a Democratic voter that said, I agree with Nikki Haley on that one. Yep. I think most people do. Brought this point up before. Sorry to hammer it again. But it's so true. With a lot of these people that we're talking about, if you had a family-run business, three generations, would you still have that person in charge of everything? No. No. No, it would have been gone 10 years no. ago. Yeah. Yeah, right? you have to have people honest enough that are surrounded by these people to have a conversation and say, Dad, Mom, whatever the case, yes, time to step down. Enjoy the rest of your life. We'll take care of this. We'll take care of you. You don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. But we need the keys. Yeah. And, and, and to have that family conversation, have people around you who are honest. Mitch McConnell doesn't have anybody around him who's honest. Neither does Joe Biden. You never know, man. I don't have mentioned this before. Is it the person that just wants to stay in power and they know they're going to keep getting elected? Is it the family or is it the actual political party that says, well, you can't go now. We need this spot. And you don't you don't know what combination of it that it actually is. I guarantee you, Hunter Biden said, yes, dad, run. <laughs> I need money. It I got bills to pay. Right, exactly. Well, and do you ever think there's... A legit question when people say, how do they keep getting elected? Sure. Here's the thing. Let's say this is Mitch McConnell in your district, Scott. Mm -hmm. All right. And you have this crazy left wing loon that's running against him, even though he's way past his prime. Who are you voting for? Well, I'm going to vote for the guy who brings the pork back to my district. That's Mitch McConnell. Or who aligns with you politically. Right. Well, yeah, but even that's secondary to what he can do for my district. He he, he gets the roads done. He gets all okay, the money let's in. Let's say it's president. Okay. okay well, and let, and let's I'm say, not going to vote for the loon. I'm going to vote for Mitch McConnell. Uh, what? Uh, that's my point. Because a static Mitch McConnell is better than the loon. If, if, let's say for the sake of this argument, the loon in this case was about at the mental state of Joe Biden, but it was Republican. It was going to stop all the nonsense going on in this country. Against a against Gavin Newsom, who well, are you voting for? I would vote for your coffee mug before Gavin Newsom. So, yeah. so yes, that's yeah. the point. I would do it. Yes, if that's it was, why they if keep it was getting that elected. far apart ideologically. Yes, that's why they keep getting. But elected. somebody needs to be honest with somebody and say it's time to go, Dad. You know, one of the hot hottest takes that I heard on McConnell, holy mackerel, was Tucker Carlson on his whatever you want to call it podcast. Twitter show, yeah. X show, whatever it is, had Dave Portnoy on. Oh, from Barstool? Barstool, yeah. And, okay, I've got different pieces of this conversation. We'll pick it up here. They're talking about the debates and news organizations, how corrupt they are. But that goes into age of candidates, and then it goes into Mitch McConnell. And you can tell Portnoy is not a political guy because he can't quite remember his name. But here's how the conversation flows. The problem is that the news companies that host the debates are so rotten and corrupt, and everybody knows it. The whole thing's rotten. The whole thing is rotten and corrupt. Is Biden going to be the nominee? I don't know. I'm not a political person, but I feel like there's been a shift where internally, maybe the Democrats don't think he can win, and they're setting the stage to do somebody else. Uh, I think it's crazy if he's, I mean... To be honest, I think both Trump and Biden are too old. I, I think there should. I don't think you should be able to be that old and be president. Uh, but I think Trump certainly seems more aware. That made news right there. Yeah, where Tucker Carlson, after a very, very friendly interview with Donald Trump last week, is now saying, yeah, I think he's too old to be president. <laughs>
Yeah, that is. Well, I guess once he agrees and the interview's done, then you can go ahead and go. Yeah. Well, I don't think he said during the interview, I think you're absolutely at the prime age to do it. No. It's just an unspoken thing. Mm-hmm. And now he's, no. But that line will be taken. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And it goes on. I, I, I think Biden has got some serious dementia issues. Oh, like how that is the president, I don't know. And that's not a Democrat because I said about both. It's like uh, Mitch, McG- Mitch, the guy who had the stroke doing the <laughs> speech the other day. Mitch McConnell. Yeah, like what? How, how are these people running our country? You wouldn't put those, these people in I would say in McConnell's, the only defense I would say of Mitch McConnell is McConnell post-stroke is an improvement over McConnell pre-stroke. <laughs> Holy, Holy smokes, smoke. Daddy-O. That I mean, is a hot take. What does no, that well, mean? there's no love there for Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Man, wow. No doubt about that. Uh-huh. He didn't officially have a stroke, did he? No, he didn't. No, everybody. Right. I've heard that several times today, though. It's like, who? The doctor was like, no, you're fine. Get back out there, kid. I think it just appears to yeah. be like a stroke yeah. to people, and then it's just like, yeah, the stroke. I think it's his like, doctor's well, like a corner man for boxers that are bad. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. Get out there. <laughs> just cut his eye. It's all right. right exactly. Come back. <laughs> all right. Come back. Okay. Yeah, a lot to get to. Um, huh. Yeah, you people talking about, you know, the tyranny against certain people of the United States. And then this story of a Saudi man receiving death penalty for posts online. Jeez. Get to that and a whole lot more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Tell you. Uh, certain marginalized groups in the United States, they have a bad mm-hmm. fear for their lives. If you remember, like, 2016, after Trump won the election, there were some people here that felt like they were going to have to move mm-hmm. because they were going to be hunted down. Right. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how ridiculous was that? It was crazy at the time, and you look in retrospect... It's even more bananas. Well, well, it's hyperbole with those you, people. It always is. You actually still have people saying, boy, it was a good thing that we literally survived for four years. Right. Because what was going to happen? Right. Well, <laughs> well they, they really thought there were going to be mobs of, what, red cap wearing bandits just raping and pillaging their way across the United States or something on behalf of their orange god idol, Donald and, Trump. And, Anybody in the LGBTQ yeah. plus community was going to be killed or something? Well, they, they actually tried to pull that off, too, during the whole uh, mostly peaceful riots in 2020. Oh, yeah. DHS was arresting people who were firebombing a federal courthouse. Right. That was apparently, apparently, that was like Gestapo tactics. Okay. Wow. Okay, so keeping that in mind, I see this story. It's an AP story out of Dubai. A Saudi court has sentenced a man to death over his posts on Twitter Hmm. and his activity on YouTube. It's the latest in a widening crackdown on dissent in the kingdom that has drawn international criticism. Okay, that's always what I'm thinking about when I see a story like this or the poor women in Afghanistan and all of the stuff the crazy loons in our country talk about. Tyranny! Handmaid's Tale! You know, there are parts of the world where this stuff is real. Holy smokes, man. This judgment here comes against Mohammed bin Nasser al-Ghamdi. All right? Mm -hmm. Um, Man, 
This is all a part, they say, in the story of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's wider effort to stamp out any defiance in the kingdom as he pursues massive building projects and other diplomatic deals to raise his profile globally. Well, we're trying to get there. What do you mean? Of banishing people from speaking at all in a public forum. Yeah, that would be the left. That's what I mean. It's the left, yeah. But, I mean, we're heading down that road, yeah. I mean, we're not killing him, but yet. Yeah. Well, when I see that, too, the diplomatic deals to raise his profile globally. You know, I think, oh, like live golf. Just pour money into it. You keep pouring it in. People are like, how does this make business sense? Well, it doesn't. But then it forces the PGA (laughs) tour to say, okay, uncle, we can't keep paying this stuff. We'll do whatever deal. I guess we'll do this. It's part of Donald Trump's secret plan. We don't know about it, but we've heard. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, it was like Phil Mickelson said, man. He didn't mean for it to get out when he said, they're scary MFers. (laughs) Oh, shoot. (laughs) They kill Khashoggi. They throw people off buildings. Yeah. Yeah, I yes, mean, that's real tyranny, man. Yeah, you know though the the whole death penalty for a tweet or whatever he was putting out online. It's like, yeah, I know. It's it, my initial reaction, of course, is well, that's barbaric and and ridiculous. And then occasionally I remember that I see Keith Olbermann's tweets, and I think, you know, maybe they're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. No, no death penalty. Yeah. Public yeah. caning. Okay, yeah. well, let's right. start there. All right. What mm-hmm. was Olbermann's tweet? Something about Riley Gaines, right? Oh, she went after him hard, too. Yeah, well, he said something like, just admit you're not a very good swimmer or something like that, yeah. or you lost. Uh, Riley Gaines being the... She tied the championships well, against a dude. Yeah. She did video tour of her trophy room after that to show Keith exactly yeah, what, what she won. She did, yeah. And it was really funny. What a terrible take from just a dope. Mm-hmm. A terrible guy. <sighs> Holy smokes. I mean, he's still angry. Very much so. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There's a lot to get to. You know what? We've heard all of these different left-wing politicians over time talk about we've got to be welcoming to people that are seeking asylum. Okay? If not, the Statue of Liberty is going to weep. <sighs> Except, wait a second, it's coming to my place? we got no room here. You can't do that to us here. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, we're welcoming, but not right now. We got no room for these people, these illegal immigrants. We say we're loving, but my goodness, no room here, says the New Jersey governor. Yeah, Governor Phil Murphy suggested that New Jersey does not have the, have the resources to take an influx of migrants from New York City. The Biden administration wants to shift some of the burden. I mean, I'm sorry, strengthening sources of diversity and ingenuity in america yeah Uh, yeah the biden administration wants to ship the migrants over to new jersey from new york to try to relieve the pressure on new york city in particular uh phil murphy said i don't see any scenario where we're going to be able to take in a program in atlantic city or frankly elsewhere in the state you need scale enormous amounts of, of federal support resources that go beyond anything we can afford putting everything else aside i just don't see it i would suspect that that will continue to be the case now some of his past comments on his pride in being a sanctuary state governor yeah Yeah. include as we celebrate hashtag national immigrants day we commemorate we commemorate the grit resilience and contribution of immigrants our neighbors who chose new jersey as their home to our own history 
Our diversity is more than our strength. It is the foundation from which we thrive. This jackass. Yeah, and he's <laughs> yeah. one of many. Yeah, I, But he, he was pulling the same nonsense. You know, you, you again, not ever thinking you'd have to deal with it. So you can just go ahead and do whatever. Yeah. Put a sign up that says free beer, and uh, all of a sudden, everybody yeah. runs to your place because you had free beer, and you're surprised when you don't have any beer left. <laughs> and now you're bitching because you don't have any. I mean, what I what's wrong with these people? I don't get it. I, I, I painted my car to look like a taxi, and people keep trying to get in the back seat. <laughs> what's terrible. going on here? What's happening? I, I love this one. Remember the horse whipping hoax back in 2021? Yeah. Sure. Where there was the, the whole lie was that Border Patrol agents on horseback were whipping Haitian migrants. Yes. It, it was a total farce. It was a total lie. Yes. Everybody ran with it. Phil Murphy was one of them, saying, quote, opening our doors to those fleeing disaster, violence, and political instability is who we are as a nation. And now he says... Get them out. Yeah, no, no, we don't have room in Atlantic City, okay? <laughs> out. Not here. Somewhere else. Somewhere else where they're going to be strengthened by diversity we got uh, enough here right yeah <laughs> right golly apparently and by the way that stupid line our strength is our diversity yeah okay really is it no nope it's just a line that sounds good from the left you know jackass oh it's so yeah. infuriating yeah. i saw this story and an I just found it to be interesting because you've heard a lot about the weight loss drugs or whatever drugs they are that are now being used for weight loss. Ozempic, Onjaro. Um, people are taking on credit card debt to be able to afford these or taking second jobs. You're rolling your eyes, Scott. I am. You're taking on two jobs in order to buy something you can to lose weight with. Yes. Well, here's the thing, and this is very simple. You can't afford food anymore. You're going to lose weight. You don't need this other stuff, all That's right? true. So you're saying just a good old-fashioned hunger strike will do you good. You don't need these drugs. Well, just stop no. Eating I mean, and, and you got money if you do that. Well, yeah, they tell the story of Tina Marie Porter. She pays about $1,000 out of pocket every month. Golly. For Manjaro. And, I mean, I have no idea. I'm just going by the picture that was in the story. She doesn't look obese. I honestly didn't understand it. No, people start losing. They can't stop losing. They keep continuing on and on and on. Yeah. She is the 49-year-old director of operations um, at this company. And she couldn't afford it, so she had to take out a second job. She said, it is life-changing. But I shouldn't have to pay because my insurance won't cover it. It's making me healthier. It makes no sense. Well, uh, go ahead, David. I'm gonna be the bad guy here. All right, I'll put yes. my bad guy cap on here. Isn't that drug for people with diabetes? Yes, it is. So yes, no, you're not entitled to that drug if your insurance covers it. Great, but if they don't because you're not diabetic, then no, you got to pay out of pocket. What's so hard to understand about that? Not every drug is free for you. I, yes, it, it's a head scratcher to me. Are you? Yeah, it was never intended for that. Are, are you telling me that I have to pay cash out of pocket for my fentanyl? Damn. Yeah, you lose weight with that too. Yeah, right. Okay, 
So that then the story goes on to how much money people are willing to pay out of pocket just to get the drug. And you're already hearing about different side effects. Because, again, I mean, do we know long-term what this is going to do? No. and Well, well, the other thing is, too, it, I, I don't know, it makes you healthier. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, it, it suppresses your appetite. That's, that's the whole weight loss portion of it. Yes. And there are a whole lot of people that once they're off of it, I mean, they gain the weight right back because they didn't actually change any sort of lifestyle habits. So they were basically still going to fast food restaurants, but only eating half of a Big Mac because they weren't oh. hungry anymore. How long before the patent runs out where you can make a generic, you could get Walzemic, which would be, <laughs> I don't know, see much cheaper. It's usually the yeah. generics come after a few years, yes. it seems. Yeah. Another story they tell in Pittsburgh, Jordan Jones said she felt optimistic about her weight struggles when she heard about Ozempic. Then she found out her insurer wouldn't cover the medication for off-label use. Her boyfriend is now working 12-hour shifts four days a week to pay for her $800 monthly supply. Wait, well, the couple is also cutting back on eating out, gas, groceries, and alcohol. Well, that'll make you lose weight, but man. So she said you would think it would be covered as preventative care. It's not for Why? weight loss. No. Because they're saying because it makes you healthier. But, but then it, I think, isn't there other pushback from the left to say you that would be fat phobic? Right. No, it's, it doesn't. It does again. It doesn't really make you healthier. It just suppresses your appetite. I mean, that—that's really all it does. And there have been some cases where it's not a side effect to the drug, but because people haven't adjusted their their diets to match the needs that they they their body actually desires or needs. You know, they're not they're not actually getting the nutritional benefit. People are like losing hair and stuff because they're malnourished. Well, that's white. That's <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not. Again, it's not like doom and gloom. I don't want to give that impression, but I mean, for some people, it's it, it's not preventative care. That's not how any of that works. It's sort of a it's just a, a cheat sheet. Although I do kind of want to revisit the fact that the boyfriend's willing to take out a second job to make sure his wife or his girlfriend is less fat. Well, you know, everything's got a cost, right? <laughs> I'm really concerned about your health, honey. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. Lady, you know, you could work a second job, too. I'm just saying. I don't know. Wow, man. Yeah. And so then if it causes hair loss, then that means you got to cover the Rocaine, the Rocaine prescription. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Or, or maybe the plugs. you got to pay plug. for that surgery. You turn that plug thing into insurance. <laughs> See how that works out for you. <laughs> All right. It's that time of the show. It's not the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? I think it's pretty interesting. In the uh, city of Oakland, uh, the Wall Street Journal had this piece, and it was from uh, Heather McDonald. You like her a lot, Jamie, I know. Uh, you she's, do. Uh, she's from the Manhattan Institute. Yeah. And it talks about the DA in Oakland, anti-racist uh, uh, DA, woke DA, Marxist DA, however you want to call it, however you want to call her who is already facing tons of backlash because, well, she's not prosecuting criminals. Right. Um, apparently, she went through a program, and everyone in her office went through a program that laid out what to do about white people who were victims of crime who might be, quote-unquote, difficult for them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> 
And is this the story where she's trying to get information about the whatever seminars, but they wouldn't give her any? No, they won't give her. No, no, no. They no. right. They publicly talked about going to these or going to this seminar. Yeah. But when Heather McDonald followed up and said, "Okay, well, tell me about this." Well, one slide um, said, "Oh, where is it?" Uh, one PowerPoint panel lists the session's key takeaways. Among them, white people are not entitled to harm you. Again, you're talking about people in a DA's <sighs> office. When this is crazy. Yeah. When interacting with white victims, speak up for yourself or for your coworkers. If a white victim continues to harm you, ask that they be transferred. What harm them in what way? Yeah, how how is anybody being harmed? I I'd, I'd really and Heather McDonald asked, "What harm are you talking about?" And well, can't get an answer back. Right. Yeah, it's really something. Like trying the way I understood it is sometimes if a white person with their victimhood is trying to somehow say that they may have it worse than you and you feel like you're being harmed by it, you need to talk about that. What? 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 And this is through the lens of race. If that's all you look through, this is where it goes. It's like dehumanizing people. It's just awful. All right, Scott, what's your story? Story today is uh, more and more people now are talking about COVID resurrected again. Yeah. And the COVID vaccine that's coming and all that. And, of course, mm-hmm. the lockdown is that word has been tossed around. Just if you took a guess as to which country that lockdown the tightest would be the one that had did the best during the pandemic in Europe, you'd be wrong. What country do you think that was? It was Sweden. It did not lock down. Did not lock down. Yeah. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Sweden stood up from the other countries. They didn't lock down. They didn't close schools. They didn't have mask mandates. Highly controversial at the time. Remember, Sweden was going to kill people right and left. Well, yes. there's new information out saying that ain't true. Sweden's economy got through the pandemic better than comparable countries. Elementary school students have not suffered any learning losses. And the benefits have come at the expense of human health. Well, that's not true either. Total excess deaths were smaller in Sweden than any other European country during the three pandemic years. So one country got it right. Everybody else was wrong, even though they were damned to hell for doing what they did. (laughs) If you remember, they were killing people. Old people were going to be dying. It's not the way it worked out. And the, the remarkable thing, and I remember talking about this at the time with Sweden, it wasn't like they just went on pretending like nothing was happening. I mean, they did have recommendations that were out there. Hey, we'd like you to mask in these certain situations. We'd like you to distance. They curled. They, 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 they pulled back a little bit. It wasn't a free for all at all, but at the same time, their strategy seemed to be more focused on just giving people information and letting them do what they're going to do. Letting them decide. Yes. There was no mandates on any of this stuff. It was recommended from the government, but certainly not mandated. And they made it through the storm, and they were healthier than any other European country that was locked down. And Before we move off this, I want to ask you a question. Because a lot of times you'll hear people say, you know, those on the left, they, it's not Marxism they're after. They want a European type of socialism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't Sweden be the country? Or at least one of them? That they would want to model in that scenario? What, unless... I don't know much about their, their medical system and how it works, but I would imagine, yeah, there probably is socialism injected and involved in it, yeah. But it, 
sort of goes back to well, there's no free thinking from the left mm-hmm. in our country. It's you, it's oh, you no, got to go by not. these rules. Well, their rules, or you want to kill people. You want to kill grandma? Well, blah, that's blah, what blah. that's what we were. That's what we learned during the whole thing. And in Sweden, I mean, they yeah. went after them hard. They did irresponsible. Trump went after them. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Some of that about stuff's that. coming back to bite him in the yeah. butt too. By the way, and yeah. That should be yeah. that's fair game in a in a presidential. It is fair primary. game, absolutely. Okay, I'll make mine short for my story of the day. You know, two of the big movies over the summer, of course, the Barbie movie and then Oppenheimer. Did you know there's an actual woman named Barbie Oppenheimer? Sixty-eight-year-old <laughs> <laughs> grandma in Massachusetts. That's great. Said people don't believe it, but that's my real name. I'm not joking. Now she's gone by Barbara most of her adult life, and when she was younger, she was Barbie. And she said she's totally embraced her summer of fame. She's seen both movies, but couldn't handle them both in the same day. Had to you know, sort of space them out. Um, but yeah, I'm just cracking up that there's a woman named Barbie Oppenheimer. Didn't you go to school with Grease Jaws? <laughs> Don't even. Okay. David, I see you. I'm not. The, yes, I'm just not, don't. I'm, I'm leaving that one alone. Were you just trying to get us in trouble? No. Is that what you're doing? I knew I'd throw something out there. I may reel you in on that one, but okay. nope. All right. Didn't take the bait. All right. Uh, wildfires, arson. You got to hear this story straight ahead. All right. The Markley Gang Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I think a lot of news organizations are going to have to make a correction. Well, no, they won't ever do it. But uh, you may have seen something about this in the international press about wildfires in Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, firefighters from more than 20 European countries on the island of Avia uh, trying to stop these fires, destroying acres of forests. And, well, a while back, uh, NBC News reported Greek wildfires are the harsh reality of climate change, experts warn. Well, then we have the update. Greek police arrest dozens for arson as EU's largest ever wildfires rage. Yeah, of course. Across my timeline on experts posting their L's, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So frustrating, man. Yeah. And then how many people are actually going to know what really happened? You don't get the corrections. Mm. No, they don't put them out there. Oh, and it, you, it is what you want to hear. Yes. Mm-hmm. By the way, speaking of climate change, oh, my gosh, man. So many people flying Labor Day weekend, driving, gas-powered cars. Ugh. Oh, yeah. You never hear much about that as far as the travel, do you? I mean, when I'm looking at, you know, they do it every holiday. It's today's show, GMA, you know, yeah, record travel, and here's, you know, all the flights or whatever, whatever. The climate change stories are always away from that. Oh, yeah. It's always very interesting mm-hmm. to me. We're trying to have fun here. Yeah. Every once in a while, yeah, we'll have fun. And then later on, we'll make everyone feel guilty for doing whatever. And always stick some knucklehead at the airport. <laughs> well, yes. Well, to see well, the lines. Yeah. It was- <laughs> I think it's busy. Look at this. The first really? time I truly snapped with all the COVID stuff was when the Today Show was talking about lockdown this, lockdown that, don't gather in crowds, blah, blah, blah. They're shaming everybody. And then they do this whole thing about how first responders and nurses, I'm sorry, nurses did like a a, a parade and thank you thing where everybody's crowded around this emergency room entrance. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> picture. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> yep.
This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Looking forward to get into the weekend. Uh, know this, your current president has done more to secure the border than anybody else. It, yeah, th- so this feel is... Feel good about that. Yet again, I mean, it, we had like back-to-back days of just remarkable lies being spewed from the White House on this issue. Even Democrats are getting nervous about the border crisis. The governor of New Jersey... Phil Murphy is saying, hey, don't don't send a bunch of migrants from New York over here. We don't have the resources to do it. Sorry, Moose out front should have told you. Parks closed. All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our nation has never seen anything like the chaos that Biden has brought on. And the White House has just decided to lie even more about the issue instead of actually addressing it head on. Here's Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. The president has done more to secure the border and to deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else. He really has. June saw the single largest month-to-month drop in unlawful border crossing because of the policies this president put in place. We've got a record number of federal agents and officers, more than 24,000 working to secure the border because of the funding this president secured. We We brought 21 world leaders on the West Coast, as oh you all gosh. remember, together for the first time to ever to deal with this issue in a in a regional way uh, because of the alliances that this president has put forth. And we secured record funding. You changed the rules and then you say, yep, we fixed it. <laughs> Give me the evidence uh, that it's fixed. Give me the evidence it's better than it was. Anything. Don't tell me about the number of agents. Well, we just don't. World leaders, nonsense. We don't count the same way anymore. So the numbers are down. It is such garbage. And we secured record funding for border security and management. And let's not forget, we expanded. But you don't let them do their jobs. (laughs) That's just it. They just process people after they come across. We've expanded the pathway uh, to citizenship under this president. And mind you, he's been doing this on his own. Does he want to do it in a bipartisan way? Absolutely. That's why he put forth uh, his first piece of legislation to be on immigration, to fix this broken system. We are are willing to work uh, with Congress, with Republicans. We need Republicans to do this. We just do. But they keep turning into a political stunt. God. Yeah, and and also... the. The numbers, even by the funny math that they've decided to start employing, the numbers are not down. There was a brief drop that was still higher than it had been before he took office, uh, as she mentioned in June, and then it went right back up. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I know. Makes your head hurt. There's been no one to fight against sexual assault more than Harvey Weinstein, and there's been no one... (laughs) That has done more to secure the border than Joe Biden. Right. The thing right. RFK Jr. said about 800,000 undocumented and the court the court backlog to have a hearing is seven and a half years. I've heard upwards of 10. Yes. That's insanity. Yes, it is. How many people in the United States today even know that's happening? I, no. Well, he's, I heard Robert F. Kennedy Jr. say it. 
I hadn't heard anybody say it before until him. Well, we we've talked about that. I mean, where you have immigration lawyers, but people who are actually trying to help that people many navigate years. Yeah, golly. Where yes, where yeah. I mean, it's it's years out before you're even supposed to be expected in court, and by then, are you even going to well, bother? Of course not. Why would you? No, you're not going to bother. A lot of people that have court dates now don't show up. Right. No. They know it. They don't care. Their goal is to bring as many people across as they can. That's part well, of, of the progressive but, plan. But this whole idea that, you know, all of a sudden they're doing a better job. No, it's just gaslighting people, it's, man. It, and you have a media that goes along with it. That's what's so frustrating for the people in this country that pay attention. 800,000 people, undocumented, just running. Nobody even knows who they are currently. No. And that's, that, that's stunning. And you don't know. I mean, not only do you not know who they are, you don't know who is, you know, dangerous. There's plenty of those that have been, quote, gotaways. I know. And if you remember, when Trump first started talking about a wall, xenophobic, every name in the book. Just crazy. Speaking of Trump. So I see this interview Tucker Carlson does with Dave Portnoy, Barstool sports guy. At the end of the interview, it was interesting because Tucker's wrapping up, says, you know, Godspeed, you know, doing the wrap up. And he goes, hold on a second. Let's talk about you a little bit. You know, all this with uh, Fox. Oh, okay. It was really interesting. He's interviewing Tucker now. A little bit. Yeah. And then he, he, uh, Tucker's kind of saying, I have nothing against, uh, you know, certain people. Um, And Portnoy says, it seems like you and Trump really stuck it to Fox with the debate going or with the interview going up against the debate. And I thought you would find this back and forth very interesting. To me, the the Trump interview seemed like something. It looked like you guys were sticking it to Fox. Well, I would never want to stick it to Fox, you know. Uh, But, but, you know, Trump called it. No, I'm not mad at Fox. I'm really not. But the timing of it. Well, it was the night of the debate, but the the reason that it was is because he didn't he didn't want to do the debate. I didn't make that decision. So for he him. he approached you to do it. He approached us yeah. and said, um, you know, I'm not going to do the debate. But if I'm being totally honest, I didn't really believe him because it's Trump. Like he right. changes yeah, his yeah, mind. Yeah. He's volatile. Maybe he decides this is a spectacle I can't pass up. I, we didn't know. I mean, we were actually uh, traveling back from Europe that day, and I, Justin and I, my producer and I, were on separate planes. And but we were texting from plane to plane, like, do you really think he's not going to do the debate? Oh, we didn't know, right? You know, um, think that's true. I mean, I believe him. Yeah, I think it it was kind of an open question. I don't know about like the day before or anything, but leading up to it, yeah, it was still kind of an open question as to whether or not he changed his mind. Yeah, it's interesting the way this conversation goes on. So anyway, no, we weren't trying to attack. Well, he may have Fox. Well, he doesn't like Fox. Right, I know. But they don't like him, you know, and they never did. And they always had rules about not allowing him on. And my view was, I think it's totally legitimate to dislike Donald Trump. I don't hold that against anybody. It's totally fair to have any view you want on American politics. But the guy is the dominant figure in American politics and certainly dominant figure in the Republican Party. And you're a news organization. So if you've got a rule just because the owner doesn't like him, you can't have him on the air. You're not really covering the news at that point, are you? What are you doing? You're lying, actually. (laughs) That's interesting, isn't it? Daddy. Just not going to allow him on. What? But that that claim doesn't really make any sense because he's done like two or three town halls with Sean Hannity. So is it just Hannity or Ingram to get him? So I 
I don't know if that's a Fox or a Trump decision. I, I just, I don't know. I've heard that rumbling that, oh, Fox won't let him on. But it's like, no, he was on Fox Business like last week, wasn't he? I mean, that to was me, that, that doesn't make any sense. What? Was that Bartiromo or somewhere, somewhere uh, else? Larry Kudlow, I think. Okay. So I, I wonder if it's some of the other parts of the day. He I, used to be on Fox and Friends all the time. Maybe I yeah I I don't know but the idea that he's been banned from Fox doesn't make sense that that's just demonstrably not true. When he talks about uh, Kennedy Jr. and MSNBC, I think that's we got like what ten seconds of this clip yet. I think this is true. That makes it no different than any than that's any exactly of the other right. Networks. That's right. exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Bobby Kennedy, who I happen to love, not everyone does, but that's my view of him. But he they won't allow him on CNN for MSNBC. Can't go. Because they don't want viewers to hear what he has to say. Right. Well, I just look down on that. Don't you? 100%. 100%. Yeah. thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. Yes. Yeah, there's another piece of that I'll get to a little bit later that just raises your eyebrows a little bit. Because I don't look at Fox the same way anymore that I did before oh, no. he was fired. Gosh, no. No. It's not that I don't find it useful or give you some information, but... It, there's an agenda, like with everybody else. But what's your time spent now watching them versus oh, when Tucker even, was there? Not even close. Not even close. I mean, I don't even know if I give him 10 minutes a day. Just depends on what's going on, Yeah, really. I very rarely, yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting story out of Tennessee. Woman has uh, won the world record for longest mullet. <laughs> this wow. particular mullet. Shattering the record previously held by Joe Dirt. Yes. Joe Dirt is no longer. Golly. This mullet is five feet eight inches. Even Joe Elliott's mullet from the Hysteria Tour, nowhere near this. Close. <laughs> Holy smokes. Like it's Rapunzel down to her of ankles. the mullets. Yeah. That's, she was Holy entered cow. in the USA Mullet Championships female division last year, and they said she got second, and they're wondering how. Because hers was more impressive. Should identify as a man next year. Win them both. <laughs> Her name is Tammy Manis. She had been growing it out for 33 years. Apparently, she started it in the mid-80s, but foolishly decided to cut it in 1989, and mm. immediately she regretted the decision. Oh, yeah. who hasn't? I don't think you ever regretted, but you kind of had a skullet before skullets were in. Yeah. I was well, a trendsetter, Jamie. Yes. Yeah. It was once referred to as the Gallagher. Yeah, and Gallagher got it from me. <laughs> oh, you got to have fun, man. Got to have fun. Um, David, I can't wait to hear the story. I know you have it. The Michigan governor's office used a Greek code. All the details coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. What's this story out of Michigan, man? Yeah, well, we've all heard about the Flint water crisis. You know, there was lead in the water. That was mm -hmm. a big story several years ago. Joe Biden still talks about it. Uh, but another, and some say worse, crisis has been going on in Benton Harbor, Michigan, another uh, overwhelmingly African-American city. Uh, state and federal funding have finally started coming through to address it, but now the state is in some more trouble after emails show they tried to hide out they tried to hide how bad it was. Here, okay. Here's how it went down. There was a coded email sent by a consultant to a policy advisor for the Democrat governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, 
and the code was used to conceal certain information related to the state's handling of the water crisis in Benton Harbor. Andrew Leavitt is the person in question's name, used letters from the Greek alphabet to send emails to Whitmer Senior Energy Advisor. Now, why would he use letters from the Greek alphabet? (laughs) Well, because with the email being written in Greek, it would have been omitted from public records requests for government communications that contained certain words like flint or red flags. Because the, uh, 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 the public records department can't electronically search for records containing Greek, lecker, uh, Greek letters. So essentially, you know, you tie, so if somebody says, hey, I want to I see all communications with these key phrases or words in them. And well, as long as you're using Greek, the computer that is searching for those things won't be able to find them. The only reason we know about it now is because there's a class action lawsuit against the state of Michigan. Now, it's really interesting because with Flint, one of the reasons why it got uh, so much publicity is because media and Democrats figured out a way to blame Republicans for it, even though it was a bipartisan failure. Well, now you've got Gretchen Whitmer, who could be in the future a presidential candidate, maybe, for the Democrat Party. Yep. And so, well, we're not really going to talk about uh, this particular water crisis, even though, I mean, again, some have made the argument in the state of Michigan that it was significantly worse than what was happening in Flint. Wow. And the coverage on that was massive. It oh, was. Yeah. So, well, you're the only person on the show that can read Greek, Scott. Well, I, and, and Hunter just hit himself on the head going, I should have had a V8 because that would have worked out. <laughs> That would have worked out nicely if he just would have written in Greek. <laughs> it's like stuff like that. You can't make it up. No, it's you too can't. Easy. I know it, it's all Greek to me. I know what? exactly. Right. Yes, and it, it really was. But I mean, again, where where is the rest of the media on this, though? Because well, no. Because no. if because were, there's no journalists, right. they take their marching orders. They're what, little no. kitty cats. Yeah. I mean, let, let's say a top advisor to Ron DeSantis was using oh. Greek letters to talk about uh, how they were going to uh, get rid of African-American studies because, in fact, they are racist, you know, uh, individuals and whatnot. This would be a big, that would be a big story, and understandably so. And in this case, well, yeah, well, we like Gretchen Whitmer, so we don't don't want anything to tarnish her brand. Unreal. Jeez. All right. I saw this and wanted to get your reaction because I'm guessing it's going to be somewhat similar to mine. Uh, You have a 1,000 adults asked about skills that kids learn in school and how valuable each one is once you're out into the real world, okay? We often talk about there's a lot of things we think kids should be taught that are just not. Critical thinking, other things. Okay. Spelling, that's important, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Most people agree, like 95%. Grammar? Yeah. 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 94%. How to cook a basic meal. Yeah. That'd be a good, good skill a, to have. That is a good skill yeah. to have, yes. That's 93%. Yeah. A lot of kids that come out of school don't know that. Right. How to type on a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How to write a check or balance a checkbook. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, who has checks? I can't remember the last time I wrote a check. 
If the wording was different and it was balance a budget, yeah. oh, that would be different. I, I go back. I but that like, was top five right. for people. I do my bank balance all the time. Yeah. But like checkbook sort of a thing yeah, in the past. Yeah. Um, how about how to find a book in the library as a skill? No. Yeah. Well, I mean... 88% of people said, yep, important skill. Yeah, what? Just go yeah. past the beaded curtains in some places. <laughs> right, the swinging doors. <laughs> yeah. You can find information. Right. Okay. Um, sewing. That, that's a good practical skill to have. I've never done it, but yeah. Valuable. Yeah, I mean, practic- yeah, but is it valuable? No. Have you ever had to sew anything, Scott? I've never sewn anything. Not that I've had I've had to sew things, but the I give time- it to somebody who can sew. Yeah, yes. I learned to sew in high school. Well, I did A couple too. of buddies of mine, we took a home ec class I basically did. for yeah. right. the ratio of girls to dudes in the class. Well, you get all your credits in your senior year. Sure, you just it's fun. Jack around. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, how about cursive? I don't know if I can write in cursive anymore except my name. I can, but is it an important skill now? 81% said, yeah, it is. No, I don't. Yeah, I, I always get conflicted that. on that just because I, there are some people who just are very passionate about the idea of learning how to write in cursive and read cursive as being this really essential thing for brain development. I don't, I don't really see how that's any different than learning how to I, write in print. I don't know. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. If there's one big story of the day, what would it be? Oh, man. Uh, one, to me, would be that apparently we're supposed to understand and appreciate that Biden has done more to secure the southern border than anybody else. That's Yeah, uh, that's something. That's wow. according to uh, the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. Another one, though, that I do think is pretty big, and it may be flying under the radar a little bit, is remember all the church fires and vandalism that happened in Canada? Oh, yeah, it was a big deal. Well, there's a new uh, a new angle to this that shows that the reason for the riots was based off of a hoax. Oh. It was a, it was a total left of Yes. Yeah, we need to get into that and much more. Coming up right here. Joe, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so it's Ron DeSantis' fault for the hurricane. Yeah. Got that. Everybody knew that. Yeah, the, the left-wing outlet, The New Republic, blamed Ron DeSantis for Hurricane Idalia. They write, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis rejected $350 million in federal funds meant to help tackle climate change just months before Hurricane Idalia flooded his state. DeSantis used a line-item veto in June to reject a $5 million federal grant to set up a rebate program for people who retrofit their homes with energy-efficient appliances. The governor also rejected an additional $3 million to help okay. fight pollution, as well as a solar for all program that helps low income people get solar panels. Okay, so are they saying that it was the karma train that hit Ron in his state? Or that if they would have had the solar panels, that somehow the environment wouldn't have been as such that the hurricane would have come in? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Yes. Okay. All right. China, India, nothing there. No. Come on. No. Nah. No, it's on us and this particular governor. Like like uh, Christina Peshaw is now the rapid response director for the DeSantis presidential campaign. Yes. Who said, who knew it only took $350 million to prevent hurricanes? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great take. She's so good. 
You're in love with her, Scott. I am. Have I don't been even for a while. I don't even know who she is. Dude. Never even seen her. I don't picture her or nothing. I just think that wit is is fantastic. Did, did you see, by the way, there, there's this weirdo lefty who does, um, oh, what, what's it called? Uh, the Twitter account is called um, uh, Occupy Democrats. Oh, yeah. It's just this completely unhinged left-wing thing. Yeah. Where, I mean, like, they've celebrated assassination attempts on Republicans. Oh, yeah. and so, I mean, they're just, they're garbage people. Okay. And it's in part run by a guy named Grant Stern, who's got, I mean, he's just this total lefty, fatso guy who just, he looks like a crazy person i yeah. I'm, i can say that as a moved american by the <laughs> way can. i'm not i'm not just taking shots at, at fat guys i'm i'm he's he's part of that tribe that i also am a part of i'm but, laughing because i didn't know exactly what you're going to say and you're describing him as this lefty fatso guy yeah <laughs> like okay i didn't he, see that one coming he's got like a, a long uh, uh scrabby uh, like just weird pointy beard thing going on it's just he looks like it he looks like a very well-fed homeless person yeah well he uh posted the other day on x or twitter or whatever we're calling it um a video of him approaching christina Peshaw when she was getting out of the gym yeah so she's got the yoga mat uh slung over her hip she's trying to get into a car and this guy just starts running up to her asking her a question yeah and he goes this is how she reacted and she's in her workout clothes and whatnot, and she goes back into the gym. I was like, yeah, I'd do the same thing if a crazy person starts running up to me yelling at me. Yeah, he may have tried to sound like it, it was because it was him, and he asked right. the hard question. She, she, was, she was afraid of answering his questions. Right. No, she was afraid of you, you jackass. Yeah. You look like a homeless nut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he looks like a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. I don't blame her. Yeah, you'd probably be a little bit afraid. She didn't want to answer my hard questions. Okay. I take it this guy doesn't have a significant other. Probably very angry at life, I'm guessing. No, yes. I mean, again, a lot of these people who are especially left-wing political activists are just miserable, lonely people who blame everybody else for their own problems Mm -hmm. and try to make all of us as miserable as they are. Well said. Speaking of which, there's plenty of them in Canada. Dude. Yeah. Okay, so this is a crazy story. So for the last two years, there's been this on and off again uh, terror campaign against Catholic churches in Canada because of this allegation that there were mass graves of indigenous children buried at uh, what were called residential schools. In short, they were run by the government, but many were operated by the Catholic church, and there were allegations that they were run like concentration camps. They're separating children from their uh, families and whatnot, and and all of that and the history again you can go into it and it's, there's a lot of ugly stuff in the history but the idea of thousands of children's bodies being buried in mass graves was definitely an ex- escalation but in may of 2021 uh the leaders of a uh, british columbia first nation band said that they found mass graves of more than 200 indigenous children detected via ground-penetrating radar at a residential school in British Columbia. The accusation, again, was that there were basically concentration camps, and then across Canada, thousands of children were murdered by the government and the Catholic Church. That's the allegation. That This kicked off an immediate protest movement. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau 
ordered flags to be flown at half sta- uh, half staff. They pledged millions of dollars in compensation. Pope Francis issued a formal apology. Yeah, and that part I didn't know. Yeah. I, I I'd seen parts of this story, and then it was a hoax. It was not true. I didn't yeah. know that about the Pope. Yeah, they they didn't have any real evidence. They had again uh, ground penetrating radar. Uh, that suggested there was something under one of the buildings or something like that, but it was, there was no proof of it. Uh, and then, well, at least 68 Catholic, Anglican, and Coptic churches were vandalized or burned down, burned yep. to the ground. And Justin Trudeau freaking apologized for the arsonists. Yes, it was amazing. I've seen parts of this story in other places, and it truly is. I mean... <laughs> You can't believe the things that are going on in Canada. It's like, well, I can understand with the anger, and hmm, yeah, yeah. Dude, he, he brought down the hammer harder on a bunch of truckers who were protesting a vaccine mandate. Yes, he did. I mean, It's people, disgusting. Yeah, people committing anti-religious hate crimes. Oh, that, oh there's nuance in that one, according to uh, the illegitimate son of Fidel Castro, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> but now a group that's been excavating the suspected mass graves have announced that they haven't found a single set of human remains where these yep. things were supposed to be. They, they, they finally started digging over the summer, and they've, they've published the results, and there's no evidence of that. No. There's, there's one person who's part of the indigenous community who said, well, we found, in the past, we found, like, unmarked graves, but they were... Uh, in cemeteries, and perhaps whatever markers had been there were no longer there for one reason or another. But, like, the idea of mass graves is a conspiracy theory. Yes. But again, man, and from what I understand, if you're in Canada right now, you still may not know the whole thing was a hoax. No. Because it's not being reported by their media. Well... Yeah, and if you and the people who have said this is kind of unbelievable that you would have thousands of children in mass graves and no one knew about it, right? They're like that. That is really hard to believe. When they started saying that a couple of years ago, dude, if you if you thought the people who had questions about the COVID vaccine got treated unfairly, these people got run out of their jobs. Yep, they got death threats. I mean, it it was crazy. And there is still one researcher. He's in Montreal, I think who was quoted in saying, well, I, I won't go as far as to call it a hoax because that's kind of strong, still tiptoeing around it because he knows that somebody's going to try to take a shot at him. Yeah. <laughs> if he tells the truth. That's a tyrannical government. That's what it looks like coming of course to your is. doorstep very soon. Wow. Gosh. Okay. Other things. Oh, I had another clip I was going to play you from the uh, Tucker Carlson, Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports interview. And this is the part where the interview's pretty much wrapped up, but Portnoy kind of turns it around and starts asking Tucker questions about, you know, Fox and him leaving Fox. And you can tell Tucker gets some shots in. As Portnoy, well, he asked, they, did they let you say what you wanted before they fired you, that sort of thing? Did you feel like at Fox you could say whatever you want? Well, there was always internal put. I mean, the, the Murdochs were always not, they never got in my way at all. They were always super nice to me, but there were, you know, small, it's a company run by fearful women, yep. you know what I mean? And there were always like, neck, you know, second tier people who are hassling my producers, but no one ever called me. I got along with everybody, but I mean, I think they knew like the, the censorship is, that's not like, I'm not, don't yeah. welcome that, you right. know? So, um, 
But they never actually got in the way of anything. Our view on the war in Ukraine was really, really hated. I could feel it. And my view was not pro-Russia, never has been pro-Russia, just like, this is not our fight. It's not good for us. We should just put an end to the war because people die in war. I've seen it. It's bad. And just saying that was considered like crazy pro-Kremlin propaganda. And they were very mad about that. But to- by the way, do you think that's one of the reasons you got fired? Yeah, probably. probably. It may have been one of the reasons. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. All right. It goes to on. To their credit, they never said anything to me about it directly. I could just smell it. And uh, so I, I really just don't have any complaints. And I will say, and I know that you've experience this, you know, it's true. Being humiliated in public, being fired, I have been a couple of times, is totally good for you in the end, because it keeps you from thinking you're Jesus or like getting like super crazy hubris guy, you know? Keep you in check. Yeah. Well, it humbles you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to have that kind of sunny disposition when you have millions of dollars in the bank, though. It is. I get his point completely. You know, you're right, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The other shot, this this is funny to me. Um, I think he was sticking up for his producer because he said the producer, well, I'll let, it's just a 30-second clip. <laughs> he gets his shot in here. To their credit, they never said. No, no, no. The, the uh, producer getting fired like four minutes after him. Like within hours of getting the boot, thankfully, they fired my executive producer, Justin Wells, like within four minutes of firing me. Yeah. And he really didn't do anything wrong. He was the best producer by, I mean, by, in all of television, and everyone knew it. And Fox has a lot of nice people, a lot of very incompetent people, obviously, running it. And he was one of the only competent people in the whole business. But they fired him, too. (laughs) And within, I don't know, an hour of that happening, Elon called him and said, you should come to Twitter. So I'll never stop being grateful for that. We don't work for Elon or anything, but we're using the site like everyone else uses it, which is as a platform that's not censored. I like that. I I really have no hard feelings. I mean, there's a lot of incompetent Incompetent people. people. (laughs) Nothing against it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That just uh, you, absolutely cracks me up. Okay, something else we got to get to. Um, <laughs> some of this stuff, man, you see the headline and it just makes you laugh. Corinne Jean-Pierre, White House diversity hire, says, we respect the rights of lawful gun owners. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah and you can it. trust her when she says it, right? We will get to that and our setup for the big Friday Five. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So Corinne Jean-Pierre says, yeah, we respect the rights of lawful gun owners. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the White House is back to calling for a so-called assault weapons ban, even though nobody in the administration can define what an assault weapon is. They won't do it. Isn't that weird? Even the head of the ATF wouldn't. Yeah. The guy who's running the operation can't define it. You think somebody, you, you know people are going to ask. But, yeah. Uh, press if they Secretary, answer, it's a loser. And yeah. they know it. Oh, it's yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says that, hey, look, we're also going to be respecting the Second Amendment rights of Americans. Okay? Okay. This administration respects the right of responsible gun owners while also believing Americans have the right to live free from gun violence as well. Those two things can exist. Respect for responsible gun owners. I put together a little montage of Joe Biden respecting millions of lawful, responsible gun owners. Okay. All right. Excellent. You think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests? What do you think the deer you're hunting are wearing Kevlar vests? It's just yeah. sick. Deer aren't running through the forest with Kevlar vests on, for God's sake. You must be a hell of a terrible shot. My God. Enough. 
Enough, enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're sick. You're a lousy shot. You're dumb because apparently you think that deer are walking around wearing Kevlar vests. Exactly. But Joe Biden, he respects the rights of law-abiding, responsible gun owners. Golly, man. I mean, you the know, Kev- the Kevlar vest thing, he just goes uh, again, over and over tired. and over again. I mean, did that speechwriter lose their job, and so they just go back to the same one over and over and over? I don't know. He, he thinks it's like a old man pearls of wisdom thing. I got it. Because the first time he said it was Kevlar vest, then he got he got better as time went on. I got to tell you, man, this drives me nuts. This part right here. Americans have the right to live free from gun violence as well. Those two things can exist. Okay, so what are you going to do about that? Right. Exactly. The gun violence. Yeah. Because it's over 85%. You're looking at people with illegal guns, oftentimes in bigger cities. I think you have the solution. I, dude. You've said it millions of times. Give everyone two months warning. Yeah. Tell them. If you You're caught, caught yeah. with a gun illegally. Automatic five years. That's if it. you want to go soft and make it three, fine. If you really want to stop gun deaths you would do that but you don't because if you started saying that what would you be called racist that's right so they won't absolutely and you see violence in its city after city after city in america i think most of the time people have good hearts they want it to stop and they'll say things like we need the community to come yeah. together. I know. Just freaking stop it with that. You need to get illegal guns off the street. If you want to give the gangbangers two weeks, a month warning, listen, it's coming. And in a month, if you're caught, it's an automatic five years. It's worked before in different cities when they really wanted to get tough on crime. It happened in New York. With Bloomberg, but then at some point in time, well, stop it, Fritz, that's racist. Okay, what do you want? Mm-hmm. You can make flowery statements all day long, and that's fine, but it's not going to solve the issue. Everybody's back on their heels for fear of, you know. Saying the wrong thing? Right. You need people that are strong leaders. Oh, I know, I agree. Dude, golly, man. All right, we got to get ready for the Friday Five. We're going to soften up a little bit, okay. David, is this in honor of Robbins' cat? Yeah, well, today is uh, National uh, Ginger Cat Day, and I know that uh, Scott does have a ginger cat. I do. So that's why we're doing this? So I, I thought, hey, you know, uh, let's do redheaded musicians, top five of all time. In honor of Robbins' cat? In honor of, well, any ginger cat, okay? We're celebrating ginger cats. Would we do that if Robbins didn't have one? Uh, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I, to- I told her when I left today, I'm going to leave the radio on so you can hear it. It's for you. <laughs> okay. The greatest redheaded musicians of all time, the Friday Five. Now, if you think you know or you got a good guess of who would be in that five, the number to get in early is 210-619-2053, and we'll kick it off next. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's time for the Friday Five. Countdown we do every week. What is going on? What is going on? The countdown starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, every Friday at this time, it's Friday Five. Our countdown, take a little break from news. We might celebrate a holiday like today. What is it again, David? What is it? It's, uh, it's National Ginger Cat Day. Ginger Cat Day. The Ginger Cat. Yeah. Yes. And so since Scott has one, that's why we're doing this countdown, the greatest redheaded singers of all time. Yeah, my kitty, Effie Trinket. What? That's her. She was named after a character from Hunger Games. My daughter named the cat. Okay. So she's Effie Trinket. Effie Trinket. Yes. If you know the Hunger Games, you know the character. I don't remember. the. It doesn't matter. That's yeah, all right. Um, That's where the name came from, though. Okay. She's, she's a big ginger, though. Okay. Lame. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> we're doing the countdown, and it's great. Okay, and I'm here to help celebrate as well. Uh, yeah. Nothing cynical here. No. Okay, as always, we take, okay, this particular artist. How big were they at the height of their powers? Or how iconic? Along with, do they stand the test of time? And then, how much do you personally like this artist? Put it all together. We have our five. Yeah, I think number one is, wasn't that everybody's number one today? It was No. Not. Oh, it no. was not. Oh, two I'm out surprised. of three. Okay. Hmm. Heck no. Wasn't number one for everybody. Please. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was the animus. Sorry. No. All right. Okay. All right. Let's just get right to it. Uh, let's talk to Joey in Salem. Hey, Joey. Happy Friday, fellas. And to hey, you, Joey. Joey. Hey, uh, I was actually kind of shocked with my first guest not being on your guys' list, to be honest. But uh, who was I'm it? I'm going to have to go. Elton John. Red Is he hair? a redhead? Natural? Natural redhead, yep. I never knew that. You know what? If I would have known that, and that's a fact. I, I did not know that. I, Elton would be in my top five for sure. Wow, that surprises me because I've seen a lot of pictures when he did have hair. I don't recall it being red. But anyway, okay. But I'm going to have to go with my second guess, and that would be the Judds. You know what? Judds, yes. <laughs> Am I the only one here that played Judd's records on the radio? Yes. Uh, Rocking with the real David range. might have. Yeah, Country Classic Cafe, sir. Oh, so yeah. when you were doing country there, like, I don't know, was that 10 years ago or so? Yeah. Okay. Were you Dave McCoy or Dave, Dave McCoy? No, I was Dave Thomas. <laughs> that's, that's right. The Wendy's guy. Yeah. I always get mixed up. Dave Thomas. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the country, country Cafe with Dave Thomas. <laughs> Do we have any recordings of that? Oh, 
No, not of that. No, I didn't. I didn't save any of that stuff. Dang it! I might have some old demo stuff that I was sending out when I was desperate to leave that radio station. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've all got those. Yeah, yeah. Please, that, that's going to be on a special podcast. We won't torture you with that <laughs> on the actual show, but maybe as a special. Okay, uh, we're off and running. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Mark in Portland. Hey, Mark. Gentlemen, happy Friday. Thanks, Mark. Hey, I kind of struggled with this one because I'm red-green colorblind, but my lady tells me that David Bowie is a redhead. And you know what? I'm very surprised that David Bowie is not in the top five. Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, uh, Scott Robbins, or courtesy of Scott Robbins. Yeah, I kept him out because they didn't. Of all the other redheads, I thought that he was in comparison because I didn't think he was a redhead. I never knew he was. I never knew he had what color his hair was. It was all kinds of colors. Okay. Well, once we had it established that he was a redhead, then you said no. And I, I, I don't dislike Bowie at all. But I thought there were more deserving people in front of him. So, Wow. That is pretty big. Okay. All right. Who's next? Yeah. Uh, let's talk to John in Washington. Hey, John. Yes, sir. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. How are you? Doing great, man. What you thinking for one of the great redheads? Let's go with uh, Scott Weiland, but I have another question for you. So I'm curious about a certain song on some of your bumpers, but I don't know what the song is. How would I find that out from you guys? What time did it play? And then uh, email us and I can tell you. It's been a while since I've heard it, but it goes... That's just all I get is the guitar part, and I've oh, tried to on on. Da, 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 da. Oh, that's uh, yeah. Benjamin Brig Iron Maiden. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, but how about Scott Weiland? Yes, absolutely. Number three. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> there's no show like this. <laughs> okay. Scott Weiland, man. We were talking about this yesterday. Test the time. Stone Temple Pilots still get to play a lot. Yeah, about three songs. Yeah. But I mean, still, it's been 30 years, dude. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Height of the powers. STP was really big, and they had that run with Velvet Revolver. Very deserving to be in the five. He didn't make your five, did he? No. No. Which is a shock to absolutely no one, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Again, we're doing a list because of Robbins' cat. Yeah. Redheaded cat. So it's the great redheads of music. Who's next, David? Let's talk to Archie in Virginia. Hey, Archie. Hey, fellas. Happy Friday. Yeah. yeah, bro. Thanks for checking Love in. Love the show, guys. Love the show. Thank you for every week making me laugh when the news of the day makes you cry. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. You guys rock. Okay, I struggled with this one. Okay. But, but this cat, his band would even qualify, and that would be Nick Hucknell from Simply Red. Wow. I forgot about that dude. No, oh, I like a lot of their music, but yeah, not, not much of a test of timer there. They make it, David? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought they were an honorable mention, but... What's the dude's name? Mick Hucknell. Mick Hucknell? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he made it. What good 
Heck yeah. Sing it, Scotty. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Hold it out. How many Simply Red records did you play at Top 40 Radio? I played that one. Yeah. Played Fairground. Holding Back the Years. Oh, yeah. Time is tight. Or Money is tight. Yeah. yeah. Like four of them. Did you ever see them live in no, Cal- oh, that's no, too bad. never did. Mick Hucknell. Very good. Yeah, I like him. I know. <laughs> I know. And again, just so you know that we're doing this countdown because of Robin's red-headed cat. Hey, man. Mick Hucknell. Blue-eyed soul, man. Yes, absolutely. Good stuff. All right. Who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys, love your show. I don't know why you made a big story out of Barbie Oppenheimer. I grew up with, in a cul-de-sac with three folks named Bambi Beethoven, Shrek Seabiscuit, and Rambo Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Nice one, Woody. That's good. How about the red-headed stranger, Willie Nelson? Oh, oh yeah. you're going to have a great weekend. Number one. On the road again. No doubt. Yep. He was big yep. at the height of his power. He can still put butts in the seat. He's like 100 years old. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. So I think both of you guys had him number yeah. one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't. What do you mean you can't believe I did? Well, you came from a country background, so I thought you would really. Well, well hold on a that second. That would goose him a little I, bit. I was a rock kid. And I did country radio for a couple of years yeah, because I, I couldn't get a job in rock. No. And as soon as I did, then that was done. I understand. Until I was at a downtrodden radio group where they had everybody all hands on deck. And then I had to, as it's known in the industry, voice track a country show. And I was Jack Austin. <laughs> Probably the greatest jock in country music history in the United States. Yeah. Okay. Outside of that, nobody yep. likes a bragger. That's right. <laughs> Okay, who's next, David? Let's talk to Uncle Schultze in Oregon. Hey, Uncle Schultze. Yeah, gentlemen, in light of recent events, I realize what my grandmother said was true. The universe is composed of protons, neutrons, electrons, and morons. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Schultze, we needed that, man. That's great. Good one. Anywho, I'm going to go with with Reba McIntyre. Oh, yeah. Yes. Number five. That's the night that the lights went out in Georgia. David thinks so much of her, he That's used a cover song to represent her. <laughs> That's one of her bigger hits, though. When was that a hit for her? Oh, boy. Let me look at it. Did you play it when you were... I did not play that as Jamie Markley. I didn't play it as Mark James, and I didn't play it as Jack Austin. When you My were, three stints in country. When you were David Gatlin? <laughs> I was never David Gatlin. 1991. 91. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I was out by then. Yeah. But I played a bunch of her songs. Oh, she was the everywhere in the country radio. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, we're still looking for number two and number four. Mm-hmm. The greatest redheads music history. Really surprised about four, because man, when I think redheads, I thought of that person right away. Well, I think somebody's going to get it. I think so too. I think somebody's going to get number two as well. Again, the number 
is 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five, and we'll wrap it up next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, we got a news update to get to in the Scott Robbins trifecta, but we got to wrap up the Friday Five, which today, in honor of Robin's redheaded cat, is the greatest redheaded singers of all time. She's more ginger than all red. It's kind of a combination of blonde and red. I am so sorry that I did not no, accurately okay. describe well, your cat. She's listening, and I want to make sure we get it right. It's all right. Dear goodness. Yes, gotcha. Uh, Willie Nelson, number one right there. Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots at three. Reba McIntyre at five. Had some great honorable mentions, too, including David Bowie, the Judds, the dude from Simply Red. And still wondering, is Elton John really a natural redhead? Uh, I have done a uh, Google search, and yes, in fact, yes, natural ginger. And I've, ne- I've never once thought of him as a ginger. I haven't either. And That's I look weird. at the old yeah. pictures, and I'm like, I feel like an idiot because, yeah. Yeah, I just figured he colored it. Yeah. Okay, so we suck. Um, Pretty much. And own that one. Yeah, I got to own that one. Yeah, that would because that would have he would have been in the five. Would have been. Oh, sure. That'd if not number one, probably would have been number one. Yeah. Uh, you could make the argument. Yes, absolutely. It wouldn't have been nine, my number one. Now that I'm, I'm ranking it in my head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to John in Connecticut. Hey, John. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Happy three-day weekend. Oh, yes, yeah. John. Good to hear from you. You too. And on this occasion, I do want to give a rare shout-out to our president, because thanks to his DEI efforts, it's now okay for all Americans to celebrate labor, not just the front hole havers. <laughs> well yes. said, John. Yes. So back to the countdown. Uh, rough list, but I am going with uh, Ms. Bonnie Raitt. Yes. Yeah. Number four. remember in the late 80s, Scott, when Top 40 Radio finally caught up to her. Oh, yeah. And started playing some of her music. That was nice of you to do that. that was the, this was the big one. Yeah, a little late to the party. Uh, well, but I guess better late than never. Who was playing her? Rock Radio played. I don't recall any. Okay. Perhaps they did. <laughs> I don't remember it, but maybe they did. Because you didn't listen. I listened to some rock radio. Okay. Not until you got there. Not until Shut up. Jack Austin got there. Then I, I was never Jack Austin on rock radio. <laughs> Please. Okay, who's next? Let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Hi, Mary. Friday, Mary. Hey. So um, I'm going to go totally off the cuff here after a couple hundred redials. And um, I'm going to go with Tori Amos. Because mine was taken. Oh, Tori. You know what? Wow. Old friend of mine. Unbelievable guitar player. Would always rave about Tori Amos, and I never understood it. But it was something to do with the songwriting, and it was above me. Because I never got it. I feel like I played something from her. I don't remember what it was, but I feel like I did. There was something at Top 40 that was... Are you sure? I probably got a car for it. I don't. I was going to say maybe it was some sort of payola. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember her having a top forty. I, kind of, I somehow I hmm. think I did. Yeah, okay. I don't know. All right. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Adam in Washington, Illinois. Hey, Adam. It's Labor Day weekend, gentlemen. How's it going? 
Good. Great, Adam. How are you? I'm doing well, boys. I'm going to go with Cindy Lauper. It wasn't my first choice, but I'm going to have to go with that. Yes. I was surprised I didn't have Cindy Lauper. Almost did. Yeah. More famous for selling psoriasis cream now. <laughs> These songs still get played. This is really a good song. This is you well know done. I don't mind yeah. this song at all. Yeah. Pretty good song. Yes. All right. Who's next? Uh, Terry calling in from Brandon Falls. Hey, Terry. Hey, Terry checking in from Brandon Falls, Delaware. <laughs> and hey, rest assured, in Brandon Falls, Delaware, we outfit our deer with Kevlar vests. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to my buddy Tony, who told me last night he is a dedicated listener to Markley, Van Camp, and Robin. Oh, thanks, Tony. Thanks. All right, Tony, good man there. Hey, yeah. my uh, guest for this week is uh, Tiffany. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You played a lot of Tiffany, Scott. Uh, well, not a lot, but played that one a lot. Yeah, you did. My, I said, I, I told my daughter last night what we were doing for the five. Yeah. She always sends me a list. Tiffany was on the list. And she remembers those days when I was playing Tiffany on the radio. That's right. We're running out of time. Yeah, we are. We may have to tell you about number two later in the show. Wow. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Biggest story of the day. Oh, that were it's a cliffhanger for what was number two, isn't it? Ooh. Yeah. That is the big story of the day. <laughs> that is. is. Forget what else is going on what in else? this country. Well, the biggest story of the day, I guess, is um, I can't get over the Elton John thing. I've never thought of him as a ginger. I, have, I know me either. Not ever. I thought it was like brown hair and then sometimes blonde hair. And then I look at, again, the old photos of him. I'm like, how did I miss that one? Not only that, I looked up at two other lists of people that had ranked redheaded singers. Yeah. And he wasn't there. Mm. So, yeah, mm. that was a surprise to he me. He had a skin tone through most of his career. Imagine we're doing a list in honor of Robin's cat, and we boot it. It seems to just flow together, doesn't it? All right, news update. <laughs> and the Robin's trifecta coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Jen Axon, David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. We're going to do news update. Then we'll wrap up uh, our five because we didn't get to number two, and then we'll get to the trifecta. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Uh, well, here's a news update courtesy of a Politico reporter, uh, Congressional Bureau Chief uh, Burgess Everett is his name. Uh, so Senator Rick Scott out of Florida wants to pass a clean disaster aid funding package for Florida and other southeastern states that have been affected by the hurricane and also for the state of Hawaii. A, uh, a Democratic senator, though, Illinois' very own Tammy Duckworth, tells reporters that she will object to the plans to pass disaster aid on its own without the rest of the Biden administration's supplemental request she said, quote, I would. I think it's important to include Ukrainian funding. You've got to be joking. Are you speechless, Scott? I, I, can't, I, I can't anymore. I, I can't. Oh, my goodness. I mean, seriously. <laughs> it says everything, doesn't it? I mean... 
It just says everything. No, I know it does. It, it's because you feel that strongly about the war in Ukraine. Is it the donors? Exactly what brings you to that decision? I don't know. Wow. Okay. Thanks for that update. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess Hunter's following through. <laughs> well, what do you think, David? When you see that story? Well, I, I, I think it's par for the course, and I bet there are plenty of people on both sides of the aisle who would agree with that, that they want to put in fun. It's like, dude, they keep allocating money on its own, both the White House, the Pentagon on their own without Congress, and then Congress keeps passing more assistance to Ukraine and all of that. So obviously there isn't much of a roadblock towards sending stuff to Ukraine. Do it in a separate bill. Like, what What are we doing here? I don't understand it. Then I think that's like most of the people but, in the country just don't understand it. But I, I, I do think there is, uh, I mean, we've talked about it plenty of times. I mean, I think there are people who are more interested in Ukraine, not because of any sort of geopolitical advantage that you that keeping Ukraine out of the hands of Russia might provide the United States, but it's because there are a lot of people protecting their investments. Yes. I mean again that's what it seems like. One of the more underreported angles of all of this, and we've talked about it a few times, is in Ukraine, when you think about it in the United States, there's this huge push for uh, for electric vehicles and one of the things you need is lithium to make those. Yes. Ukraine's got a lot of it. It's untapped. Yep. <laughs> You're gonna send Robbins over the end. I, 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 I get to the point where it's just a futile. Yeah. yeah it's like, I know. What I want to say, I can't say because I like my job, and you know, it's just. So you're just like, okay, do it, whatever. What? I mean, okay, yeah. Seriously, I mean, what? Well, I'm just beating my head against the wall because, again, I think everybody wants to know where the money's going. Yes, I'd like to. I'd like to see. Then, a, I'd like to see a list of where things are going. If you bring that up, hey, the equipment right. we're providing, where is it going? All, right, I know. Don't even ask. I'm a tool of, of Putin or right, whatever. exactly. No, I'm not. I'm just, I just like to know. Yes, I understand. Okay, for our Friday Five, uh, it was the gingers. What was the day that something about a ginger cat? That's Robin's yeah, cat. Like, something to do with yeah, that ginger cat day. So top yeah. five gingers of music. Yes. Um, and Reba McIntyre was number five, Bonnie Raitt at four, Scott Weiland, Stone Temple Pilots at three, Willie Nelson, number one, number two, not named. Number two, by the way. Number two. W. Axel Rose. Ah, yes. I don't think I knew he was a redhead either. I wonder if people didn't know he was redhead. Yeah. Obviously, they did. They would recognize Axel. I'm the only person on this show that likes Axel Rose. That's like, the leader of the band, yeah. not exactly as a dude. But, you know. Red Fanny, like he's mad a lot, but. Excuse me? A little bit Red Fanny, I said. <laughs> <laughs> because he runs hot? Yeah, he runs hot. Yeah, he does. Yes. Um, you had him on your list, Scott. I was surprised. You I had did. him up high. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought he deserved to be there. You had him at number two? Yeah. Wow. That was surprising. I'm guessing you didn't have him anywhere, David. I had him, I think, at number four. Wow. Was he your number one? Yeah. Well, of course. I like Axel. I know you love it. I, you're a I'm not saying that, this guy. I'm not, I'm not saying that if you go see him live right now, he's going to hit all those notes. Or have red still... hair, for that matter. I don't even, I don't, I have no idea. No, I think he's still got the red the hair. hair. is shorter now, though. It is. Yeah. I think he got something done where he's still got some up there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, somebody else mentioned... Uh, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth, too. 
And someone else, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. I thought you would have Ed Sheeran up there, Scott. No, I should have probably, but I didn't. I'm not a fan of Ed Sheeran's. So he's all right. I don't dislike him. He's like, eh, whatever. Too hard rock for you? <laughs> no, it's not too hard rock for me. A little too loud. Yeah. It's <laughs> just curious. Don't put me in that box. I had Axel Rose at two. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you ready for your yeah, trifecta? Let's do it. The big three. All right. Let's roll it out. Are you ready? One, two, three. Look you it's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. The trifecta helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Casey, three-day weekend coming by or not? Gotcha. No, you always <laughs> I'm say ready. He never does. <laughs> never. <laughs> Never does. Gotcha. <laughs> like three. Uh, number three, the Washington Post fact checkers tackle Biden's tall tales. Well, yeah, this morning, the Washington Post fact checker, <laughs> Glenn Kessler, called out Joe Biden for lying about several of his personal stories at events he's attended as president. Here's his top three. I can give you the top three if you want me to. And number three, gay men in suits kissing. Lie. Kessler said that? Yes. Wow. He's actually trying to appear uh, to be a journalist, I know. huh? Number two, the Amtrak conductor story. Yes. And number one lie of all time from Joe Biden, according to Glenn Kessler at WAPO Fact Checks, is the story about his house fire. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that one gets trotted out there way too often in very inappropriate circumstances. He did it while visiting Maui. And he has a minor kitchen fire in 2004, put out very quickly, contained within, like, what, 20 minutes or something like Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. And now it's, like, blossomed into this thing where firefighters almost fell through the floor. His wife almost died. His cat almost died. Half the house almost collapsed. And there was two guys in his house kissing at the time. They escaped. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, isn't that like a tell? This is a tell to me. He's not running for president come March 2024. I'll put it out there. Five bucks. Who wants it? Say March 17th. He's out. Jeez. He's out. By his own doing? Or, or, I mean, will he do the... Doesn't matter. He's going to be out. Well, they're going to force him out. uh, But what will the excuse be? I don't know. Do I have to name the exact excuse (laughs) in this bet? I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll bet he won't be. Sorry, I'm going to write it down. Okay. We'll add it to the list. David, do you want some of this action? No. Well, I I think, you know, are, are you saying out of office completely? or No, I'm saying he will be out of the race out of the for race. president. Okay. No, I don't want to bet on that. If you okay. were going to, where would you go? I tend to think he's, at some point, something is going to break, and he's going to say, I, I can't run for re-election. Yeah. He's not going to admit that he has dementia. It's going to be more like, I recognize the calls uh, by the American people that it's time for a new generation of leadership, and so blah, 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 blah. It'll it'll be something like that. you got to turn that one in. Boy, that's good. Well, because you can't say he's got dementia because then it's like, well, it's March. you're, You're supposed to be president for another several months. Like, dude, resign. You can't resign because then Kamala Harris is the president, and... You know, again, the Democrat Party doesn't want no, her to they be know it's the a one disaster. representing yeah. them in the general election. And you can't say we're not going to support the current president if you're the Democrat Party. That's true. 
By the way, there's already a bet on the books for November 17th of this year where Robin says Joe will still be the president, and David, you say he won't be. Yeah. That was made, I think, well over a year ago, right? Somewhere Probably. Yeah. Okay. Keeping track of it all. All right. All right. And Casey, are we ready to move on? We're getting closer and closer to number one. Okay. Uh, the Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. Two. Uh, number two, Costco fans are loving some new clothing items. Yeah, they're trying to get that. And this thing is selling like crazy. A particular brand of clothing item. It's a Costco logo fleece crew neck sweatshirt. And it's selling out everywhere. The gray cotton and polyester sweatshirt is available for just twelve ninety seven. Covered in the Costco logo. Now, some people are buying these because they think it would make a great, uh, you know, uh, white elephant Christmas gift at the office oh, yeah. or whatever. So there's a lot of that going on. But one of the people said this is kind of the coach purse of ready-to-wear attire. That's what one of the users wrote. Uh, but, again, people are selling them. They're, they're, they're going out and uh, buying them in huge stocks right now. Uh, Kamala Harris explained how she loves them and explained how sweatshirts have long sleeves and are soft. Did you do that story to set up that joke? I'm just uh, asking. No, I did the story because I was fascinated by it because people have these logo sweaters on that are Costco sweaters, and they're, they're like selling out like crazy. I think it was done as sort of a nobody's going to buy these, and people just went nuts and bought them. Sweatshirt for 13 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. on no with the countdown. Yeah. 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 No, no matter what's on it, right? doesn't matter. It's a $13 sweatshirt. It's fleece. The Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day, up to number one. Number one, Eric Swalwell, uh, Democrat representative out of the state of uh, California. Uh, he's back in the news. Yeah, because a lot of this, a lot of times when you hear these people say, this person said that, or this person said that, or I heard this person say, it's still a lie. It made, they made it up, right? Yes. I'll, have, I'll let you be the judge on this one. But he tweeted this out, and it's kind of a sad story, but he said he was flying back early from a London security event to see his one-year-old son who was admitted to the ER. That's not a good story. Everybody can relate to that, right? Ooh, your kid? Man. He spent the ride to Heathrow navigating insurance companies and hospitals on the phone trying to find the right care. When he was dropped off curbside, Eric says the driver said to him, that was absolutely shocking to hear. We have NHS. No one does this in the U.K. In other words, it's no big deal in the U.K. We don't have to shop for this stuff. We just go. Okay. So he's promoting <laughs> he's pr- promoting socializing medicine all the while his kid is in the E.R. His one-year-old is in the E.R. Well, and the, the NHS is very famously in shambles. It doesn't work. They're out of money. Yes. I mean. Yeah, they have no money. <laughs> What, what are we talking about here? It's it's just so stupid. I mean, and this conversation never took place. This never really happened. Nobody said that to him. I feel like you could just do a story every day. Eric Swalwell's a dope. It says stupid things. It's just all yeah, the time. But I think it makes guy. everybody feel better about themselves. Well, thank you for that. That's why I do it. I feel a little smarter every time I read an Eric Swalwell story. Appreciate that. And there you have it. Yes. You may be dumb, but you ain't that dumb. <laughs> okay. Boy. Hey, Casey, this weekend, come on. We got three days. It's really been an honor for he me. He won't answer the question. He never does. Got you. Jeez. Got to get to a new What I ever did to him. Man. And Nimrod's in the news straight ahead. Thank you. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Dang, man. 
this is crazy and this is one of the reasons why i roll my eyes whenever you see mainstream media start freaking out about what the state of florida not taking part in a pilot testing phase of ap african-american studies uh, or anything else like this yeah. pennsylvania has now decided to cut funding for pro-life counseling centers after almost 30 years of doing so wow yeah, they're ending funding of uh, pro-life counseling centers after supporting them for almost 30 years. Uh, the Democrat Pennsylvania governor, Josh Shapiro, announced that the uh, so-called bipartisan contract with pro-life nonprofit Real Alternatives is ending under his leadership. Uh, I mean, the Real Alternatives was contracted in the 90s under uh, former Governor Bob Casey Sr., who was a pro-life Democrat. Um, and that that's when they decided to move... Uh, or they wanted to fund abortion alternatives alongside providers like Planned Parenthood. They said, "Well, if we're gonna, if we're going to fund Planned Parenthood or mm-hmm. other abortion providers, then we should probably delegate some state money towards uh, the other side. People who say, okay, we're not going to do this, mm-hmm. but we do want to help at-risk mothers if they so choose to keep the child.' Yes." Um, and you know, part of that that sticks out too when you said pro life Democrat, yeah. Oh, that doesn't is exist there anymore. such a thing anywhere anymore? Oh, heck no, no, there's I'm, no such thing, no, then which is weird because I used to know a few. Well, yes, yeah, used to be very common, yeah. Oh, no, even I don't if think they you feel can survive way, they in can't the power, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shapiro said, quote, We will ensure women in, the, in this commonwealth receive the reproductive health they deserve. <laughs> they deserve you deserve to not get any help unless you want to have an abortion yeah if you want to have that abortion that's fine but you know hey if you're like a non-profit organization that i don't know maybe wants to uh help women who want to keep their kids then oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. you know no, 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 we're not going to do that silence dissenting voices Hmm. It is everywhere. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Johnny just shows up. In the, yep. sp- in the spirit of that, I am uh, uh, officially proposing to uh, that every state in the nation defund all law enforcement efforts that are not the death penalty. <laughs> and with that, wow. hot one. We get the Nimrods of the news. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. Still uh, three like rapid fire. Start in Florida. Dude got caught with a crack pipe after assaulting a family dollar employee. Assaulted the employee with a lollipop. Oh, well, they got the big ones there. Yeah. Then two people in Massachusetts facing charges for running an illegal backyard volleyball gambling ring. <laughs> I've got to tell you, that sounds like fun. Okay, look, yeah. that's if you're going to go to jail for something, <laughs> yeah. that's a that's a pretty good story to tell later on. Illegal backyard volleyball gambling ring. <laughs> Some intense matches, man. And then a teenager in Detroit got arrested for biting a bouncer's junk. When they wouldn't let him into a club. How? What? I don't think he should do any time just five minutes alone with that bouncer. Not called a bouncer anymore. Oh, boy. And that's Nimrod's in the news.